Welcome to So What Sustainability, a podcast series by Apricot Consulting. I'm your host, James McHugh, one of the leaders in the corporate social impact team. In this series, we explore leading trends and provide practical advice about environmental, social and governance issues and opportunities facing business and society. Social procurement is when organisations use their buying power to generate social value above and beyond the value of goods and services or construction being procured. Social value refers to the benefits generated when social and sustainable outcomes are achieved through procurement activities. Entities purchasing from state governments are required to generate social value as part of the contract terms. This means for government buyers, not only do they create social value, but there's also a commercial incentive to deliver social procurement outcomes. And so it's a big topic. Um, And so to help me unpack this topic further today, I'm joined by Matt Perfect. Matt describes himself as a recovering procurement professional, having spent many years cutting deals with suppliers as a corporate executive and management consultant. These days, as principal facilitator and coach of Impact Spender, his focus is on doing deals that matter, building capacity for social and sustainable procurement and advocating for diverse suppliers. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, James. It's great to be here. Matt, recovering procurement professional. Before I jump into the first question, I've got to quickly ask you about that. Oh, look, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. You know, I think, um, you know, I, I often still identify as a proud procurement professional, but there's certainly a few, um, I suppose, like many professions, there's a few sort of sins in the in the profession that we we, we have to sort of acknowledge and, and I think all of us have to kind of go, well, you know, how can we do things better and what are the things I could have done better throughout my career? So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of humour in there. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as we'll get into, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still proudly identified with the profession. I think there's a lot that we can continue to achieve um, working more collaboratively with our suppliers. Certainly, certainly. Um, maybe just continue on. Tell us a little bit more about your background and your work in particular with sustainable procurement. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think like uh, a lot of us um, uh, in the profession, I sort of fell into procurement, didn't didn't study it, you know, at university, looked to get into it, um, uh, but, you know, had a background in economics and then, you know, fell into consulting um, and into procurement specialisation. Um, so I had the opportunity through, particularly through consulting, but also through a couple of corporate roles to work, you know, quite broadly across sectors, different categories, different industries, mining, banking, uh, food, and, uh, uh, fast-moving consumer goods. Um, mostly here in Australia, a little bit of exposure overseas and through global procurement companies that I was working with. But uh, yeah, it was it was an, it continues to be uh, really the pivotal point of business. I think in procurement, you have a really unique perspective on um, both your own organisation, right, working right across the organisation that you're representing, whether it's public sector or private um, corporate organisations, uh, but also the supply base. You have a really unique and influential role with the suppliers that you're inter- interacting with. So I think, you know, in many ways, the sustainability was a natural evolution of, of that journey for me. Uh, often sort of put it back to, I guess, around 2011, um, the shared value white paper that came out from Porter and Kramer that I know some of your other um, uh, guests have spoken about previously that was a pretty sort of um 
pivotal moment for me in understanding how economic theory, and particularly people like Michael Porter, who I'd often talked about in economics and in, in procurement theory, were starting to talk about the, the changing role of the organisation, I guess, in the way that needed to really consider social impact and its social role as a um, as as part of its profitability strategy rather than something separate that the way I think historically we've often thought about sustainability and corporate social responsibility. Uh, and that for me was a real you know, moment that said, well, actually, you know, this is really core to procurement. It's it's everything in procurement. And uh, and that's still one of the things that I think is really, you know, core to my work is saying you know, and that, um, you know, sustainability is not a category in and of itself. It's actually the, the whole point of, of procurement increasingly. So... Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you've already started to touch on it a little bit, but maybe for our listeners that aren't as familiar with the concept of sustainable procurement, uh, maybe just provide a just a brief definition and, and in particular speak to the value that it, uh, it seeks to create. Yeah, well, as I said, it's certainly you know, part of the biggest sustainability picture for, for business and, and government and um you know, I often think that there's certainly some people I think would say that as a society, we're already past the point where sustainability is going to be enough um, to, to sort of uh, save us as a, as a planet and as, as a society. And so I think increasingly we're starting to say, well, if we, we can't sustain the status quo, we've really got to think regeneratively. So I think that's where sort of my head and, and others I know are, are sort of going in the space. But I think generally you you covered off on it in your in your introduction, I think sustainability encompasses not just the economic sustainability that I think we've always been very focused on and making sure that you know businesses can keep going can keep running can sustain themselves and their uh, and their workforces and their operations but that they're considering more broadly the the other stakeholders that is important to the organization now for procurement that obviously really relates to our supply base and and not just our first tier suppliers but right through the supply chain um, thinking about all of the workers in our supply chain and of course um, the role that the planet provides in supporting our supply chain and our operations so that i think is the you know the definition for me of of sustainability is really taking that sort of stakeholder view on um on our organization and 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 where it touches um those stakeholders and i think that's often why i sort of talk about this idea of impact spending uh in my work it you know unashamedly i borrowed that from the impact investment community and i think they've done a lot of good work and thinking and made a lot of progress around how we think differently about the role of investing uh, in society, uh, and I think there's a lot that you can borrow from that when you think about the way that we spend in, in procurement. So really it's about being intentional about having that impact. I think that's that's really important is recognising, you know, every spending decision you make uh, has the potential for social, environmental and economic, those three um, different forms of impact. Um, and I think that goes to your point about value. You know, that's, that's really where... Uh, uh, Organisations are increasingly looking to create a lot more value now in society is by recognising the value that they create for each of those individual stakeholders and the different forms of value in social, environmental uh, and economic. And I think from to bring that back to procurement, the I've often said that the evolution of procurement kind of traces an increasingly sort of sophisticated definition of value. I think back in the days when we were really just purchasing, um, we really were just looking at price and, and that was the main way that we generated value was by cutting price. But of course, increasingly recognise that if you're going to cut cost and cut price, you're going to trade off on quality and service and all these other things that matter. So we got more sophisticated. We became strategic procurement. We looked at a, a wider variety of forms of value um, and risk being one of them. And so I think sustainability is really that next evolution of that um, and, and impact in particular and how we consider 
impact um, as a as a form of value that we're creating, both you know negatively and positively, particularly positively in society. Um, the ability for procurement to kind of measure and create that impact through its procurement decision making is is for me a very natural evolution of the, the maturity of, of the profession and the and the art and science of procurement mm, certainly and and although we are seeing sustainable procurement becoming more relevant for private contracts uh, it's still predominantly buyers of government contracts that are delivering sustainable procurement outcomes um, what do you think government customers, looking for well it's been interesting to see how government have i guess grown that definition of value for money is obviously a very common phrase that you hear in in the, the whole you know purpose of procurement i guess for the public sector um and i think historically as i said with the maturity of procurement and in the public sector and government i think this has been very true as well we've thought of that value quite narrowly and and in a very linear way of saying, well, if I can extract more value from my supply chain, from my suppliers, if I can cut cost, then that's, you know, there, that's the, that's the benefit of public sector procurement doing it well is we can free up more money if we, for the, the, the social side of government. Um, so for, for teachers and hospitals and all these great things that government have always funded, um, that is very much around social impact. Um, but I think what's changing is that recognition of that more interconnected role of government and recognising that through their procurement spending, government is actually creating and destroying value in, in its supply chain and it, therefore in the communities that it's supposed to be serving. And so, um, you know, I think that's why you're seeing government now, at federal, state and, and now even at the local level, really broadening that definition of value for money and saying, well, we recognise that actually in our procurement decision-making, we're not just trying to save money so that we can have the social impact somewhere else. We're actually having the social impact in the way that we're making that decision. Um, so it is definitely a, a broader definition that brings in that 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 impact um, and, you know, both economic, social and also in environment. Um, you know, I think with that, jobs is often a focus for government, and we see a lot of that, particularly in the social procurement framework, you know, here in Victoria, but but in other parts of Australia and, and the world as well. Um, you know, but particularly in Victoria, I think the social procurement framework has been designed quite intentionally around that broader environmental um, piece as well, recognising that, you know, jobs is, is one part of the impact that a government is responsible for having for society and is one way that it can drive positive social outcomes for, for society, but actually are increasingly aware of, of the, uh, the, the broader definition of sustainability and, and therefore the social procurement framework really does include a lot of those environmental sustainability objectives, um, uh, diversity, inclusion as, as well. So I, I think that's that's what governments are broadly now looking for suppliers to demonstrate um, as part of their overall value proposition, but of course, you know that they're still looking for the same quality outcomes that they that they always have. We can't, uh, you know, we can't escape that. Um, but I do think it it provides an opportunity and an incentive, in fact, for suppliers to be a lot more innovative and, and creative around how they are thinking about these things in their own organisations as a real differentiator. Yes, yeah, certainly that innovation around you know that is being generated because of this broadening definition of of value going beyond value for money, but actual value for the community more broadly does create a lot of opportunities and and one of the one of the key things that's going to be required for organizations is to be able to work collaboratively with their social benefit suppliers and so there is a lot of discussion about capacity building 
That is, how do companies work with their subcontractors to build their capacity and increase the social value they create? What does the role of collaboration play in working to achieve mutually beneficial social and economic outcomes? Well, I think the obvious and easy answer is it's essential. You can't do it without collaboration. But I I think it's a bit, the reality is a bit more nuanced for most people who are dealing with procurement. And this probably goes to my earlier comments around why I sometimes refer to myself as a recovering procurement professional. I, I think we'd like to believe as a profession that we're very collaborative and that's at the heart of what we do. And I think generally we have got much better at collaborating uh, internally with our stakeholders. I think that's often been the real focus of procurement is how do we get across the business? How do we understand our stakeholders better? How do we align with the strategy of the organisation? When it comes to collaborating with suppliers, I think there's still some work to be done on that. I mean, this is one of the things that I've found as I've really turned my attention to thinking about the core stakeholder group that is our supply chain and the workers in that supply chain. I often think, is the way that we do procurement really leading to collaboration? And then particularly in the public sector, when we talk about sort of procurement and tendering as the traditional and still the most um, common form of of engagement for procurement, it's still the, it's a fairly blunt tool, but I think it's still at at the moment the best tool that we have in many cases for engaging with the supply chain. And I don't always think that that really leads to the best collaboration and the best collaborative outcomes. Um, That's why a lot of the suppliers that I work with now, I'll often encourage them to either, you know, not engage with a tender process at all if they feel like it's not going to lead to a good outcome for them and not to waste the time and resources but but equally if they are successful or even if they're not to work outside of the tender process in building those relationships and I don't mean going around the tender process while it's actually in the market I don't advocate for that but recognizing that the point at which a, a government or a corporate buyer goes to market for a tender is really a very limited opportunity to build a relationship and to be collaborative and you're probably wasting your time if you haven't already done some work to kind of work out how you can collaborate and get to know the people um, outside of that. And equally on the procurement side, I, I really advocate a lot for a much more supplier development or supplier relationship management or, or category management approach as opposed to just sourcing. I think um, you know sourcing is important and it provides a really important um, uh acceleration for for a lot of activities it would take a long time if you if you didn't have that sort of tender process and, and certainly from a probity perspective it's it's you know a way f- for government to manage these processes well and and endeavor to ensure that they're um fair um you know but i think it as i said it, it doesn't always lead to the to the best collaboration so i think we do need a greater focus on um on supplier development and working throughout the life cycle of a contract. And I say that's true for both both people in the supply relationship and, and those, uh, you know, managing those supplier relationships as well. And I, I think even more so now with smaller and diverse suppliers, um, there's a big focus now on, as you said, in the, in the public sector and the private sector as well, on wanting to engage with a more diverse supply base, whether it's social enterprise, Indigenous business, uh, local businesses, small to medium enterprise, um, which is great. Um, but I think there's a difference between uh, supply diversity and inclusive procurement. And I think that's the part that we're still sort of working on as a profession saying, well, we do want to have diverse suppliers, but what do we need to change about the way we go to market? And how might the way that we're putting out our tenders actually be putting suppliers off or making it difficult for them to engage with our organisation? And I think that's starting to happen. I think people are starting to reflect on that and we're seeing tenders being changed and rewritten and clauses being removed and being simplified um, to, to make it more accessible and to to and provide more support um, for for suppliers in working through that process. 
Yeah, certainly. And it sort of touches on that point earlier that you made about those commercial and social outcomes coming together. So we partner as contractors partner with their suppliers, build the capacity of those suppliers. They become more reliable, more capable, uh, and it also creates social value, um, you know, through the uh, growth and employment of those entities as well. So uh, I think, you know, being able to work on on both sides, it's re- there's a really big incentive for, for contractors to really invest into social procurement in the way that they do that and they approach uh, social procurement. Um, how do you see sustainable procurement evolving over the coming years? Here in Australia, Matt. Yeah, I think we're going to see an increasing focus on on the social side and human rights um, throughout the supply chain. As I said, I think one of the big shifts in sustainability has been an increasing recognition of the social side. I think historically, sustainability has probably had more alignment with environmental outcomes, and we've thought when we talk about sustainability as consumers and certainly in business and government, we've talked about it from a more of an environmental lens. I think now with things like the modern slavery legislation, the social procurement framework, we're starting to see a a much greater focus on that social impact. And I think that's going to continue, particularly around the human rights agenda. I think what's been, you know, I mean, there's lots that's been good about the modern slavery legislation and that act coming in in Australia and other parts of the world. But what I'm seeing is is actually broadening the conversation, saying, okay, we recognise that slavery is at the worst end of, uh, of human rights exploitation of, of humans throughout and a lot of it occurs in our supply chain and particularly through global supply chains so that's where the legislation is really targeted but what i've seen happening around that is people are starting to say well actually you know human rights is a spectrum um i often talk about impact spending as a spectrum at the at one end you've got you know we, we really cannot be creating the sort of conditions in which slavery exists and at the other end we can be creating really positive outcomes for people through specifically creating social procurement jobs and inclusive organizations that actually create better work for people who wouldn't otherwise wouldn't have it so there is a spectrum but everything in between is what I call impact spending and is a huge opportunity still as well. I think we tend to look at the ends of that spectrum and marginalise it a bit, whereas I think in the middle uh, we've got a huge amount, a, a huge opportunity to improve, um, you know, the way that people uh, live their lives at work. And I think that's changed a great deal through COVID as well. I think we're going to see that becoming a much greater part of sustainability, the employ- the way that we work with our workforces, what flexible work is, how, what we expect of our employees. I think that's all part of the procurement conversation in in what we expect of our suppliers and how they look after their people. Um, so I do think we're going to see that human rights aspect broaden beyond just, just um, slavery. I think we're also seeing from a procurement perspective, I think we're going to see that sustainability align with other strategic priorities. I think at the moment you often see it talked about as a, as a separate priority to supply chain resilience or digitization or cost reduction. Um, but I think increasingly we're seeing it becoming one and the same. And this goes very much to that heart of that sort of shared value idea that, that you can't separate the two. You can't separate cost reduction from sustainability and you can't separate supply chain resilience, which has been a big one over obviously all the supply disruptions through COVID. So that's leading to organisations rethinking the way they source. And of course, there's a strong sustainability piece in there as well. It's not only about the sustainability of the business, um, but actually how does, you know, if we're going to start looking at onshoring and creating, you know, we can create impact and local economic impact through the way that we redesign our supply chains to address other issues that 
um, you know, may not have been a sustainability issue at the start, but actually can create, you know, more positive social outcomes through the process of redesigning our supply chains. And the same with the whole digitization piece. I think there's a lot of opportunities to use technology and innovation uh, to drive the sustainability agenda as well. So I think it'll it'll sort of converge on a lot of these other things. And um, uh, and as I mentioned before, I think in you know, a regenerative procurement is is another sort of interesting idea that, that I'm starting to see signs of as, you know, and I think social procurement is almost an example of that, of how we can actually leave the world a better place as a result of, of our procurement activity and our impact spending, um, uh, rather than just trying to make it, you know, sustainable. Matt, we're almost out of time, um, but anything else you'd like to leave uh, the listeners with as they consider their approach to social procurement? Yeah, look, I think I probably already said it, but just to sort of recap on the key ones for me, it would be around making sure that this sustainability is a strategy for all procurement. It's not it's not a category in and of itself. It's not a separate sustainable procurement strategy. It should be core to, to the way you do all your procurement activity. Um, and I think aligned with that is the second thing I'd say is we need to, and we are starting to shift the way we think about our procurement spend. It's not just a transactional expense anymore. We're starting to think about this as an investment in our communities um, and therefore we need to manage it rather than just reduce it. Uh, and actually in some cases, increasing it is going to lead to more value for our organisation than, than cutting it. Um, but overall, I'd say this is a really exciting time and an opportunity not to be missed for procurement as a profession, um, which is, as I've said, very much at the heart of sustainability for most organisations in the public and private sector. Um, so we really can't afford to, to treat it as a sideshow and miss this opportunity to make you know, a really big difference for, um, for the organisations that we're working with. Well, Matt, thank you for being here today and sharing your expertise on the topic of social and sustainable procurement. Uh, to, our, to our listeners, uh, if you would like to find out a little bit more about Matt and what he does, uh, please just search up on LinkedIn uh, at Matt Perfect. Um, and for more information about Apricot Consulting, please visit us at our website or subscribe to this podcast series. You, you can also follow me, James McHugh, on LinkedIn. Thanks for joining us on this episode of So What Sustainability. Yeah.